I do not permit women to teach or usurp authority. That's Alexandria. And once she sat down on marinara sauce in her car. And that's how she knew that she had spilled marinara sauce in her car. It was too late. No, it's worse. I knew the marinara sauce was there and I left it and forgot about it and then sat in my passenger seat. And I was like, well, that's still there. What what's that saying? Like you make your you made your bet. <laughs> I sure did. I don't know if that's the saying that applies, but that's what I'm going for. It feels like it. That's Kira. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Still me. I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, uh, one time when she was younger, she tried to knock out one of her teeth with a hammer. Desperate times, desperate measures. It didn't work. I chickened out, but I do distinctly remember sneaking to the shed and being like this. This is it. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> the narrator's in the background. She did not. <laughs> Just so in my head, <laughs> your face is exactly the same, and your body is just smaller, <laughs> and you have a braid, and you're just like I trying to chip at your tooth a with a hammer. Very short hair. Not oh, long yeah, enough for a braid. I remember that it was a front top one, and it was in there way longer than a tooth needed to be. That's like, fair. It needed to fall out. But yeah, basically just like, and it wasn't working. <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened to you. Well, hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Overreaction, where we share our knowledge and react to different topics every week. Today, we are going to be talking about suicide. Um, So, take care of yourself throughout the duration of this episode. If at any point you do need to call a hotline, the national number is 1-800-273-8255. If you are thinking about suicide, feeling suicidal, want to talk to somebody about it and there's no one safe in your life, please reach out for help. It is better to talk about it than to face it alone. So um, in the last episode about non-suicidal self-injury, we talked about destigmatizing. So I'm going to start out with a whole bunch of statistics about suicide just to make it really, really clear. This happens to a lot of people. A okay. lot of people feel this way. You are not alone. All right. Not Kira specifically, not trying to call her out like that. You, the audience, if you are feeling this way, a you are not you. alone. Um, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S., And it is the second leading cause of death in ages 15 to 24 and the fourth leading cause in ages 18 to 65. There is one death by suicide in the United States every 11 minutes. That is 48,500 Americans every year. There is one suicide for every 25 suicide attempts. Um, Men are four times more likely to complete suicide than women. Um, That's not true. The rates of suicide, like completed suicide, are four times higher for men than women. Because men typically use more lethal means. Correct. Um, The most common method among men is firearms. Um, It's 51% Mm -hmm. of people who die by, of men who die by suicide use firearms. Um, Women are more likely to have suicidal thoughts. Um, They have three times as many attempts as men. And poisoning is the most common method for women. LGBTQ youth are three times as likely to attempt suicide as their straight peers. Um, 41% of trans adults are suicide survivors. 
a lay lesbian, gay, I tried to combine those words, lesbian, gay, and bisexual youth from families that reject them or do not accept them are eight times as likely to attempt suicide. Um, so this is actual like suicide attempts and deaths by suicide. Mm-hmm. Passive suicidal ideations are kind of different. Um, suicidal ideations are like, I want to die and this is how I want to die and this is what I'm going to do. Um, passive suicidal ideations are things like, um, what if I just let go of the wheel of my car right now and crashed? Mm-hmm. Um, 22.2% of teens experience passive suicidal ideations. And that um, percentage is like 10 to 14 in older adults. It's ha- really hard to find studies on passive suicidal ideations, but it's very common. I would suspect that people wouldn't necessarily know to report that in themselves right. as passive suicidal ideations because I what if I just walked off this cliff? Like I've been standing on a cliff before. I wonder what it feels like to be hit by a train. I, which is very different than I have a plan for this. Like, yes. This is something that I want to do. But yes, so um, I, I understand why there wouldn't be so many studies on it because yeah. when it is that common or it's just a passive thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't necessarily know to light bulb that. It could maybe be a light bulb moment that something's going on that you should mm-hmm. maybe talk to somebody about. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to lead to suicidal ideations or suicide attempts. Um, but like, maybe like a little pink flag, not a red flag, <laughs> but like, just talk to somebody. Be yeah. like, wow, I wonder where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> Find a friend like Kira and talk about it. Yeah. Um, but it's very common. There's nothing to be ashamed about it. I. It's normal not necessarily a sign of a healthy mental state. But, and if somebody comes to you with that pink flag, don't panic. Right. <laughs> yeah. And scare them. Yeah. No, it's totally, it's totally different. Cause I've yeah. done the whole, like, what if I just let go of my car, let go of the wheel of my car right now, especially on like one of those like rounding entrance ramps, like your car would just fly right off. Mm-hmm. I, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. But like, Which I've is, thought about it. If you came to me and were like, I had this thought, I'd be like, okay, thanks for sharing this with me. <laughs> Are you going to do that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I paid too much for that car. <laughs> Just kidding. There's other reasons. Um, okay. So suicidal, passive suicidal ideation, suicidal ideation, suicide attempts, common. Mm-hmm. So. We've destigmatized it. Excellent. You are normal if you are feeling this way. Yes. Um, so how we talk about suicide with people, use the word. Mm-hmm. Use the word suicide. If you are starting a conversation with someone that you are concerned is suicidal or who has attempted suicide or who you think might, mm-hmm. or you just want to have a conversation about it in general, use the word. Mm-hmm. When someone dies by suicide, that's how we say it. They died by suicide. It's not committed suicide. It's not a crime. Died by suicide or completed suicide. Yep. Don't use the word selfish. Don't make it about you. Mm -hmm. So 
I actually wrote down, here's the thing in my notebook because I'm this serious about it. So here's the thing. I'm ready. (laughs) It's not about wanting to die. Suicide is about being in so much pain that you see absolutely no other way out. Mm -hmm. That the only option you see in front of yourself to actually experience any type of relief is to just completely end your life. Mm -hmm. People who are suicidal are looking for a reason not to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So real quick. I'm not saying this just from like my own experience or this is what I believe about suicide. Um, I have been through um, a training on applied suicide intervention skills training. It's called assist. It was an excellent training can be very triggering for people who have been suicidal. It was very intensive. It was multiple days. It was a lot of work, a lot of role playing. Oh, (laughs) Um, but that's one of the things that was like the basic of what we learned is that like, especially if someone is reaching out for help, they don't want to do it. They just see no other way out. Mm-hmm. Like there's gotta be some other way out. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is help them, helping them find that either a way out or a reason not to do it. Mm-hmm. So acknowledge that they've gone through something. So, okay, if you're trying to start the conversation. Sure. So you've noticed someone um, that you care about. Maybe they've gone through something recently or um, they um, are seeming really distant or they've pulled away a lot. Again, same signs as depression. It may be acknowledged they've gone through something. Ask if they want to talk about it. Um, tell them that it seems like there's something wrong. Um, so you've started the conversation and then you're just going to be direct. Use the word, ask if they thought about suicide. If they say no, move on. Like if they're not talking about it, you don't need to talk about it. Still ask how they're feeling. Cause if they've been through something rough or it seems like they're having a hard time, still provide that same emotional support. Yeah. It's not like we only care if, (laughs) (laughs) right. Um, if they say yes, First step, safety. Mm-hmm. Ask if they have a plan. Mm-hmm. And then we're safety planning around the plan. Mm-hmm. So if it's, um, so men are more likely to use firearms. Do they have access to a gun? Is there a gun in their home? Do they know a lot of people with guns that they would have access to those firearms? If they do, who's a safe person who has a license to have a weapon in their home yeah. who can hold on to it. Where is a safe place we can put it? The further away you can put that method, especially a lethal method, mm-hmm. the further away you can put it and the more steps it takes to get to it, the more times that person has to make the decision like, yes, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So move the guns, put them somewhere else. This is one of the reasons that I feel very strongly we do not need to have guns in homes. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and especially in homes with teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known a teenager who was very much suicidal. And the first question I asked their parents was, do you have guns? Like, seriously, actually, are there guns in this house? Mm-hmm. If there are, get rid of them. 
put them somewhere else. I don't care why you have them, put them somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Your teenager absolutely knows where they are and how to access them. Get rid of them. Yeah. Teenagers are smarter than you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's annoying when they act like it, but like they are. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's medication. So a lot of people will overdose on um, meds whether that's like prescription meds or I know someone who tried to um, who attempted suicide with ibuprofen. I don't know if you can made herself real sick. Yeah. Um, but if it's things like meds, especially meds that like, you know, would be successful. Mm-hmm. If it's meds that you have to take, find someone who can like distribute them to you. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you keep like, five of them in a bottle that's accessible to you. So you can take one when you need one, whether that's every day or as needed, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you have to get more when you need more. Yeah. A non-lethal amount. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then a good part of a safety plan is also like, who can you call when you're feeling this way? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a hotline again, 1-800-273-8255. Um, or is there a person that you can go to be with? Like, right. Frankly, to chaperone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so when you're making a plan, especially a suicide safety plan, um, you want to make sure you're getting consent from the people that you're making part of your safety plan. Mm -hmm. Cause it is, it is a commitment to be part of someone's safety plan. So you want to make sure you're not just like making this list of people that you know that maybe are going to show up. You want to know for sure, like, this is a safe person. They know what's going on. I'm going to feel safe with them and they're going to know how to talk to me. Mm -hmm. So we are going to go through a little bit of this pamphlet that we will post pictures of. Um, But I, so I carry this in my wallet. I got, got it from the training um, that I did on suicide first aid So the first thing, again, that we focus on is like, is this person like we're bringing suicide into the conversation? Yep. Is this person suicidal? Yes. Great. We move on to the next step. The next step is really actually listening. So I kind of skipped over that, went right to safety. A lot of times people need to be heard. Like if you're in that much pain, you got to get it out some way. And talking can be real. There's a reason talk therapy is a thing. (laughs) It helps. helps. It's like, listen, ask the person what's going on and then actually close your mouth and listen. Mm -hmm. It's this is another one of those times where it's not helpful to say, if I were you, you Mm -hmm. should. But uh, uh." Mm -hmm. it's not about you. Mm -hmm. None of it's about you. Mm hmm. If we're, if our goal is to keep that person alive, they're talking to you. They're alive. Mm-hmm. Listen to them. They're, they're giving you the information you need to help them stay alive. Yeah. But you got to listen. Mm-hmm. Listen and hear. Like. Yep. <laughs> yes. Both. And mm-hmm. so we're not saying things like, what about your kids? What about your significant other? What about your mom? What about your friends? What about your job and your coworkers. What about your cat? Like this person's thought of these things already Mm -hmm. and they're in enough pain that dying still seems like the only choice. Yeah. 
don't remind them of all the people that they're letting down. <laughs> That's not. They're not doing it because they're like, I hate all the people who love me and this is a good way to get back at them. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so we're listening. We're hearing them. And so as you're listening to the story, what you're looking for is what this training called a turning point. And the turning point is where you hear something that's like, ooh, this is going to be the part where I like help this person choose to stay alive today. Mm -hmm. And the turning point can be a whole bunch of different things. It's not necessarily going to be what's my dog going to do without me? Or I have kids. It can be a whole bunch of different things. So you're listening for any, I'm going to give you some examples. Yep. Okay. So someone who rejects suicide, um, which is going to be like, this just isn't an acceptable option, but it's all I can think about, or I don't really want to do it, but what else am I supposed to do? Um, Pretty much just like, this is the idea. This is the solution that they have, but that's not what they want to do. Mm -hmm. So example of a supportive statement is, so we better start working on a plan to keep you safe. And then you move into the safety plan. Um, Hoping for something. Um, An example of someone saying something like that would be, if only I can find a way to talk to my father. Or... um, hoping that like a re- another relationship gets better or looking forward to something at work. Yeah. Um, so a supportive statement to that would be, we need to start working on a plan that will include finding a way to do whatever that is. Mm-hmm. We're giving them something to look forward to something yep. to work for. Um, being uncertain about choices. So like kind of not knowing. So some people who are, suicidal are not at the point where they're like holding a gun in their hand. Yeah. Still take what they're saying seriously. Please still take it seriously. Mm -hmm. They're asking you for help. Either find a way to help them or point them in a direction where they can get help. Yeah. So if they're uncertain about it and um, It can be uncertain about whether they want to or uncertain about how they would go about doing it or where they would do it. And you can like grab onto that uncertainty and we'll be like, it sounds like you're not really sure that this is the right choice for right now. Mm -hmm. So let's make make a plan to keep you safe for now. And the goal is always for For now. now. So you're not like this person's trying to have control over their pain and the only way is to end it. Mm-hmm. So we're not taking away the option of suicide from them because all that's doing is exerting more control over their life. And that's not helpful. So it's always just for now. What's mm-hmm. a way to keep you safe for now? And how long is for now? Maybe it's tonight. Maybe it's for the next couple of days. Maybe it's the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, in the place I was going through this training, I was working for um, a crisis center that would respond to calls 24 mm-hmm. seven. And then a therapist followed up the next day if that person agreed to follow mm-hmm. up services. So the for now was very short term. Sure. Um, and then someone who seems willing to try to be safe for now. So like if I was willing to talk to you about staying safe, what would that look like? Or what would we do if I was willing to just like not do that for the next couple of days? So 
you talk about what staying safe would involve. Mm -hmm. Maybe it means finding a therapist. Maybe it means finding a safe adult at school who's not a mandatory reporter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe it means finding a friend who can talk to you. Um, Any type of safety plan, Mm -hmm. really. Um, A lot of times we try to encourage, like, with teenagers especially, like, how do we have a conversation with your parents? Mm-hmm. or whatever adults they were living with, like they're grownups at home. Mm-hmm. How do we have a conversation? Because really the people in your immediate vicinity are the people who are going to have the opportunity usually to help yeah. keep you safe. So what we're looking for is the turning point. We, like what is that person uncertain about or maybe looking forward to? And we're not supplying that for them. Mm-hmm. Like that's everybody has one listen long enough to find it. And if the person doesn't want to talk about it right away and wants to go back to talking about like all the things that they've been through in the past six months that have led them to this point, we go back Mm -hmm. to listening for Mm -hmm. as long as it takes because you are keeping them alive. And that is good. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're doing nothing. A lot of the times when you're listening, you're You're, keeping them alive. (laughs) Um, so then at that point we're, trying to prevent the harm and then we're trying to come up with reasonable action steps for things that they can do so again who do we call where do we put the guns um what are alternatives right um so you're helping them create a plan, helping get other people involved in the plan, and then also giving them some like specific action steps to work on. Mm-hmm. Partly because completing tasks gives you dopamine, and that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Love partly, <laughs> it's so good, so necessary. And then partly because like they've opened themselves up to working on something, so give them something to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is my heavy explanation on you know how to talk about suicide sometimes it's got to be heavy sometimes mental health awareness month it's important it's so important and we're so bad at talking about it and we're so bad at teaching people about it it matters Mm -hmm. please talk about it Mm -hmm. absolutely thank you for talking to us about it alexandria and thanks so much for listening to us chat about suicide As always, let us know if you have any topic suggestions we can research and get opinionated on. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Overreaction Podcast. That's O-V-A-R-Y Action Podcast. You can comment or DM us there for topic suggestions. You can like our Facebook, also at Overreaction Podcast. And if you like what you heard, subscribe to us wherever you're listening to podcasts right now to get notified whenever we post. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends so that we can empower more women to be opinionated on these topics. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.